welcome in. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. I am Jared All, alongside Connor Holskamp, Nick Sopris. What's happening? Gentlemen, football season is upon us. Let's go. NFL training camp starts this week. And man, it seems like it's a little early. And I think that just has to do with the NBA, NHL season's pushing along, Olympics. Like, I don't feel like I'm even ready for football season. Usually by the time this hits, I'm like itching for it, you know? I've been reading up. I can't get enough of it. And it's like, man, it's all of a sudden it's here. I didn't even realize it was happening this week. It really does come up on you. It's crazy. Yeah, it comes up every year. <laughs> About the same Yeah, but time, I think that's the less. thing is the NFL is <laughs> the only the, the NFL is the only league that didn't drastically change their season last year, and so I think it almost feels weird to have it coming up at the normal time when it's supposed to, because every other season has been absolutely screwed all all the last two years. Yeah. Hey. I, I think it just seems about normal, but hey, I guess that's just me. So Connor shows up today <laughs> wearing his uh training camp fifty fifty. Teddy and Drew t-shirt. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Love free t-shirts. I am. I'm looking forward. We're going to get into that conversation a little bit later here in the show. Before we get that, Connor's got some uh, uh, rankings of video game systems all time. So that'll be a fun little, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what direction you go. Connor's the big gamer of the three of us. I think Nick, you, you, you I dabble, say, you dabble. I'm no holes. Uh, I, I, I actually, my, my most, like my newest system that I own is an Xbox 360, so that kind of tells you where I where I That's fall. That's high class. Yeah. It's a good one. Oh, it's hanging out. It sounds like a jet engine every may time or may I turn it make, on. May or may not make my <laughs> list, so we'll see. But first, we got to talk NBA, or excuse me, MLB trade deadline, which is this Friday, and everyone assumed the Rockies would be sellers, and so far, nothing's happened. Do you guys think between now and Friday, of course, we're recording Tuesday the 27th, do you guys think between now and Friday we see action from the Rockies and big action? I still think that there's a pretty good chance that Trevor Story has moved. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, there's some reports that the Yankees have offered a deal for him. And, uh, you know, clearly they have been talking to other teams about moving Trevor Story. And obviously they just haven't quite got that... Uh, uh, offer yet, but no one's uh, asked them to throw in any money yet. That's the problem, <laughs> right? Right, yeah. They, you know, that's what you got to do to Dick Monfort. Just ask him to also pay the salary, and then you're good. <laughs> um, no, I think there's a pretty good chance, uh, especially MLB trade deadline. A lot of the moves get made in the last couple days, it really does happen that way, uh, because you get this whole segment of teams that is. Uh, you know, on the fence as to whether they're going to be buyers or if they're going to be sellers. And they're still just trying to wait till the last second to really decide if they're going to go for it. Um, I still think it's a good chance he gets traded, although I am surprised that it hasn't happened already. And it leads me to believe that it's also very possible not. And uh, once again, the Rockies are going to be losing a star for nothing. I mean, Dale is old as time. He's on pace for, you know, career low numbers. It seems to be obvious. We know he was hurt. Uh, I'm sure that deflates his value and I'm, I'm sure that makes it difficult to make negotiations and people maybe trying to offer less than, than what he's probably, you know, worth and things like that. So I think though, if you're the Rockies, I, I know it sucks, but you put yourself in this situation. I think whatever price you get paid, you have to take. I mean, what are you, what are you holding on to him for well, the rest uh, of this season for? What is that? I'll accomplish? tell you what, what it could accomplish if, so if the Rockies were to keep on to Trevor story and then they lose him next year to free agency, they'll get a compensatory draft pick. Um, but now granted it is a, uh, I think, I think I saw somewhere it's going to be around like the, the 30 ish range, right? It'd be a pretty decent draft pick. Uh, but, uh, 
is is a draft pick one draft pick like that really worth uh, even like four lower level prospects? I mean, if you could get three, four, you know, low level prospects, I mean, aren't you just throwing darts well, at this point we, anyway? We talked about this a few weeks ago, and that was while you were out, Connor, about just kind of the philosophy behind, I think it was the episode where you were out, the philosophy behind drafting and things like that, and that's that's so different in baseball because exactly that. I mean, it's more of a numbers game. You, you want to get as many prospects as you can because, you know, you never know who's going to be the one that comes through. So often, blue chippers don't end up being guys that are stars in the majors. So I, I agree with you. I think if you can get three or four prospects, even even if they may not be the top tier prospects that you were looking for, I think you got to roll the dice and bring something in here. Right. I mean, let's all remember uh, Mike Trout wasn't even a top 100 prospect when he was right. first drafted. You know, it took him a couple years until all of a sudden he he jumped to number one, actually. Not not just cracking the top 100, he jumped to number one prospect. Uh, but th- that's a very good point. There there are a lot of guys in baseball, you know, throughout the mini round. What is it? 20 rounds of an MLB draft? Um Something, Something like, like that. that. It's, it's a lot of rounds. <laughs> uh, you got you got low A, uh, high A. You got rookie, low A, high A, double A, triple A, and then major. So you got a lot of teams to spill a lot, uh, fill a lot of players. Uh, that's a good point. I, I, I think um, I do think the Rockies should take whatever they can get at this point. If you can get three prospects, I mean, hey, done deal. We already know Trevor Story is not coming back to this team next year. It's it's an all but done thing. Uh, John Gray, on the other hand has actually shown some interest. So, you know, some hesitation on the Rockies side makes a little more sense to me here because John Gray, uh, he's done pretty well pitching at Coors Field and he's actually expressed public interest in in wanting to resign. And I think part of the um, hesitation from the Rockies, I I mean, at least from a fan standpoint, is because John Gray was, was, you know, brought in to, you know, brought up through this organization to be their ace. And he's not that. He, he's not an ace. He is a good back end of the rotation pitcher, though. Somebody that, like you said, has been consistent with the... Uh, maybe if not consistent, he has progressed throughout his years. He, he struggled early on in his career with the Rockies. But, I mean, right now he has a career low ERA at 367. That would be a career low for him. Obviously, we're only about half of the way through the season. But... I think he he's somebody that has proven he can handle Colorado pitching, and you don't let those guys go. They're just too far and few and far between. Third overall pick too, so a lot of a lot of potential there. A lot yeah, of teams and, may see something in him that you know they really want. Well, and and uh, you know I actually would push back a little bit with you, Jared. I don't see John Gray as as a back end guy. I, I really do. I see him as I don't see him as an ace like how we were hoping he right. would pan out to be. But I I think he's way more of a a, a three guy. He's sure, way more yeah, of a, okay. I can, a, a I can middle of the rotation who, if something happens to your first two guys, gets injured, he can kind of step in as that ace for little time periods. You know, he's uh, and, and I think a lot of teams would look at a John Gray and see a you know three point six ERA. He pitches half his games on the moon, according to them, uh, <laughs> which is only half accurate. <laughs> but but you see that, and and I think that that would. Um, certainly be a lot of interest. And, and obviously, I know the guy that teams would love to pry from the, the Rockies is Herman Marquez, but uh, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. We, we've talked about this. The difficulties in signing free agent pitchers here make it to where you inherently have to draft pitchers. That's why we took Benny Montgomery. <laughs> yeah, the, who uh, who is not a pitcher, uh, of course, uh, but he has a nice name, as, as Nick has pointed out. So Give me a million guys with a name like Benny Montgomery. Yeah. I mean... Yes. Uh, so, uh, you know, another thing that we uh, we haven't even mentioned, another guy that comes to mind here at the trade deadline, CJ Crone. 
Um, he is a guy that is not going to be on the Rockies next year. He's actually having a decent season. I mean, relatively speaking, uh, teams looking for a bench bat, maybe looking for for a fill in. Uh, you know, you're not going to get a bunch for him. But he's another guy that hey you're in this position where you are not going to make the playoffs. So you pretty much <laughs> might as well take a shot at it. Right. I mean, and, I'd say and bring back somebody with some upside. That's really all you're hoping to do is, is bring back upside. Right. I mean, even at this point, some cash considerations <laughs> would, would be all right. I mean, also we're, true. We're giving enough money to uh, the St. Louis Cardinals who I am loving, by the way, I there's part of me that like wants to root for Nolan. And just Same. wants to root for him to do good. But there's also part of me that just loves seeing them in the bottom of the NL Central just struggling right now. Uh, I mean, granted, they're not struggling like the Rockies are struggling, but uh, neither here nor there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a whole nother discussion for another day. <laughs> so so let me, uh, let's just, let's go around here. Predictions. Jared, will the Rockies make a move by the deadline? Any move. Will they make a trade move? Yes. And I do think it's Trevor Story. Okay. Story gone, Gray you think so? gone. You think really? Gray gone you think too? Gray too? Yep. I think they hold on to Gray. I don't think Gray goes anywhere. I think they try to work something out with Gray to keep him here. I'm going to predict CJ Crone and Trevor Story gone, and uh, Gray will stay. That All is my right. prediction. Like so. it. All right. Well, we'll see here. That again is Friday. Is the major league baseball trade deadline do we know is it like a midday thing i kind of like how the nfl does that their trade deadlines in like the middle of the day so you're at your work ruins my work week oh i love it because that's all i'm doing you know you got to set yourself up to pay attention to the deadline yeah i was with the nba too i was sitting there like refreshing my phone every minute when the nuggets (laughs) were looking to make a trade this year so I don't know though. To answer your question, to answer your question, I do not it, know. And it what, would seem like a baseball thing to make it like midnight, you know, where right. no one's going to. That would six a.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> that would be. Yeah. All right. Well, without further ado, it is time for Connor to give us his ranking of the best video game systems of all time. Do we have like any game music? We didn't really prep anything for that. I don't. Mm, do we we could put on some. We could put on some game music if I, we want. I think. I think we kind of need some game music. We should have like stolen some music somewhere <laughs> yeah, some some, some right. mario music or something like that <laughs> this yeah, is good go. this is good old all classic right. so <laughs> all right uh when i was going through these these games uh so this is going to be the top console uh music or uh, music sorry i got this music in my ears it's, and all it's good it. it's good music it, it is really good uh anyways so looking at at the top consoles um I had some honorable mentions, and I kind of want to mention them first. I know we talked about getting them out of the way at the end here, but I just want to mention the honorable mentions first. So I'm going to go through a top five gaming consoles of all time. Whoa. Uh, And right now, I'm just going to go through just a couple honorable mentions. I'm not going to mention much about them. Something Uh, tells me one of these honorable mentions is going to get me hot, and it's not (laughs) on your list. I I just have a feeling. All right. So these are some honorable mentions. Uh, First of all, I want to say the new uh, Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. I put on honorable mention because the jury's still out. They haven't been around too long. TBD. Okay. But they're great. They're great consoles. Um Arguably the best so far, but either way, honorable mention. Uh, another honorable mention is Game Boy Color, the Nintendo Switch, wow, wow, the original Xbox, the Sega Genesis, and the Super Nintendo. Wow, what a list! Sega Genesis was like my system. <laughs> Give me some Sonic. Man. <laughs> was it? Yeah, Sonic was great. Streets on the Sega of Rage Genesis. too, man. That was the game. No, I mean, I the, hey, those are all. I mean, the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo were like arguably the first like console war, you know, going right. on. So, um, 
anyways, uh, so those are honorable mentions. They, they're good, good systems. But we'll without Love further ado, I, I just had a serious nostalgia moment though with the uh, Game Boy Color. Like I had forgotten about that altogether. Oh, yeah. Road trips with the Game Boy Color, Pokemon Red oh, and Blue. Man, it was awesome. I think that was the first one that you didn't need, like the little hangy light over the Game Boy also, right, you know right. what I mean? To play it Get some night. action, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember just playing it, playing, and then the sun would go down and be like, oh, I guess I can't play my Game Boy <laughs> You're done now. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so without further ado, we're going to get into my top five of all time. So coming in at number five, we got the Atari 2600. Wow. Uh, coming in at ni- in 1977, it uh, was the equivalent of $786 adjusted for inflation. <laughs> Uh, this, the Atari 2600, was one of the first, certainly the first successful console that used uh, separate cartridges for games rather than just a built-in game system like Pong was, right? Amazing. So this system really laid the groundwork for uh, all the systems we see today. It really, it really kind of laid the groundwork of, of getting games in. They, they did a big thing where they... Uh, they were the first to license games out to like movies and, and other studios like that, like a Superman game, a Batman game. Um, and what's interesting is they were responsible for building the video game industry up to absolutely booming levels in 82, 83. And then they were also responsible for the absolute crash of the video game industry where 97% of the profit was cut in one year. Um, Isn't that like <laughs> typical though of many like, you know, brand trend setting companies that like they exactly do that you know they fall off the cliff i mean google has has gone through there you know things like that i mean different different corporations that set the trend ultimately end up being the ones that crash it right no that that's uh for sure and and so it's just you know it's kind of a interesting story but i will put atari 2600 at fifth connor i'm proud of you for making putting that on the list it was what established video games as they are today all oh, right you get you get I, asteroids I, missile command space invaders pitfall missile command pitfall all Pac-Man. time i mean it's oh, yeah. what it's what transitioned video games from the arcade to the home to your house yeah you you got to bring the bar games to your house for the first time and and, and it was you know certainly wasn't the first console that did that but it was Definitely the most widespread, right? Most the successful. one that seven hundred eighty-six dollars adjusted for inflation, right? What still is a PS5? It's still five hundred dollars cheaper than an iPhone. <laughs> What's a PS5 run out of these days? Out of the week. <laughs> Do we, yeah. Does anyone know that PS5? What does that run? Uh, yeah, it's uh, about the same. Something, okay, something around that. So uh, I just bought it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just swiped the card. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. It's not so real money. Uh, we're gonna go now to number four on my list. From 1985, the Nintendo Entertainment System, the original NES. Banger. Uh, The original Nintendo put video games back on the map after the crash of 1983. Um, They brought brought some uh, unique uh, circumstances to their game to make sure they didn't flood the market with too many games. But the reason I love this system and why it's on my list is it introduced the world to iconic gaming legends like Zelda, Super Mario, Yoshi, Donkey Kong, and Kirby. Uh, Really, really put, you know, what we know as video games right there to life. And for, you know, the later half of the 80s uh, and even early 90s, video games was synonymous with Nintendo. Just like Kleenex, right? Like, yeah. like, do you have a Kleenex? You know, do you, do you play Nintendo? It, it was a synonymous word, so they really controlled the market there. Any of you uh, had a Nintendo? Hardest game I ever played, Indiana Jones. Ooh. On that game, I, pointless game. You ran around, it was Temple of Doom. You ran around, you did nothing. I have no idea <laughs> what the purpose was. But it was fun and addicting. It was fine. Yeah, so. I, bought, I recently bought the, uh, and I don't know what it's called, but it's like the the 
the Nintendo reboot. Oh thing yeah, that has like the hundred games yep. on or something. Oh man. I, for, I mean, you forget how great those games how are. How hard those games and are, they too. Are. And I, I also don't remember any of the tricks in them, you know, where you jump up and you hit the random flower and, you know, it just... Right, right. It, well, it's, good, it's good to go back and play. I, uh, I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit here. I got something else to bring up, okay, too. Okay, okay. So, uh, we're going to go number three on the list. The Xbox 360 in Ooh. 2005. Uh, I have the current o- game over over the it was the PS2 that was out at that time or PS PS2 was from 2000 um, but the Xbox 360 2005 okay was the first gaming console that was made in the broadband era so we still had the original Xbox and uh, the PlayStation 2 that had capabilities right but the Xbox 360 was the first console that was made inherently with broadband in mind. So it brought a whole new aspect of achievements and rankings and a new competitive atmosphere to gameplay where you could compete with your friends from all over the place. Great. Uh, they also were the I, first... I feel like this is... You guys remember the movie Cable Guy? Yeah, I love Cable his, Guy. His rant that Jim Carrey goes on on that. <laughs> I, I, this is like you're seriously sounding like him right now. It's like yeah. a cool classic. <laughs> yeah. Underrated movie. I'll try and sound less Jim Carrey-like. <laughs> I get excited when we're talking about these video games. Uh, the Xbox 360 was also the first gaming console to have a wireless uh, uh, huge, controller. Huge. Hundreds of dollars in oh batteries. Oh, my God. Right. So there, Thousands. Right. So oh there, were, there were wireless controllers, but they all had to use a dongle, a plug-in dongle. A dongle. <laughs> Whereas Why the Xbox did I never 360 know that's what that was one. called? What a word. A dongle? Um, I'd also say the Xbox 360 was one of the biggest entertainment systems, right? They really took the, even the next leap that the PlayStation did in terms of making it an interactive home entertainment system rather than just a video game player. So, because you can three. stream and watch stuff through Xbox 360 as well, right? Well, if you, right, if you have right. not not necessarily in 2005, I'm not sure, but okay. but yeah, exactly. It was it was set up to lay those footsteps to make it a full on entertainment. And system. also, I am living proof that that system doesn't die. Beast I have had mine system. since 2015. Yes, it, it's good, and, so and uh, it, it had a lot a, less issues than the original Xbox, which died on a lot of people. And it brought one of the greatest Xbox games of all time, Halo Three. So wow, uh, it is good, good, good Halo. So. Now, uh, without further ado, we're moving on to number two. We got the best-selling console of all time, the PlayStation 2. The PS2 from 2000 is the best-selling gaming console of all time with over 150 million units sold. It brought us some great titles such as Guitar Hero, uh, Grand Theft Auto 3, Metal Gear Solid Final Fantasy series. Um, It really... the, The PlayStation 2 is just the epitome of success when it comes to gaming consoles. And you know, this is a sports show. One of the things the PS2 really brought was actual legitimacy to the Maddens and the NCAA footballs and the the different professional sports franchises. It was the first one of the first systems I can remember where graphics became realistic. I mean, like right, realistic enough to like, where you could play it and be like, oh, this is football, right? Yes. <laughs> Guitar mean, Hero. Man, hours and hours of... Nothing. The number of times where you start playing at 11 <laughs> o'clock at night and then it's like four in the morning and you're like, we're still going. Doing we're math homework going. in between the songs. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly it. Uh, doing math homework in between games. So, All right. So now we will move to the number one gaming it, console it, on it, my it list. Better, it better be. Connor, I think I know what it is, but it better be. I think uh, given the honorable mentions and hearing the list, you guys could probably guess where I'm going with this. However, I will say that this console... 
defined my childhood, so I probably have a bit of a wow. bias here on this one. I probably total, have a bit of a bias. Total bias. We all do. Uh, what a build-up. But from 1996, oh my boy. number one console of all time Don't is the it. Nintendo 64. <laughs> love it. I love the Nintendo 64. It had, I mean, it only had like two, 300 games, I think, by the time it was all said and done. But they brought some of the best games of all time. I, I think Super Mario 64 was arguably one of the most important video games in, in the history of video games. It really brought 3D platforming to a new level. Um, they The fact that it introduced 3D gameplay, I mean, it wasn't the first, right? But it's credited with the first a lot because it reached the, the widest amount the of masses. people, right? It had a analog stick, like what we all have on our, our video game sets today, whereas typically almost every other console before that had a joystick uh, or a like a D-pad type movement. So it, it, it was built for 3D, uh, Super Mario 64, and then I think, and I know Nick likes this one, uh, I think one of the other most important video games of all time is Zelda The Ocarina of Time. Amazing. An amazing game. It really was. I mean, it was, it was groundbreaking for the time, uh, and it really set the, the framework for all of these uh, open world type, you know, Red Dead Redemption, Grand Theft Auto. So, so we can thank Zelda for, we can, for <laughs> where we are at in this world right now we can, when it comes yes. to gamers. Underrated game on the 64, Wave Race. Wa- I, Wave I don't know if you all remember. So that was, so that was on my list here. So my, Cruising my World for Cruising 64 world. was great. Yeah. I loved, uh, so, so I put a couple of my games that just meant a lot to me. We got Wave Race 64. We got Goldeneye. Of course. I was the, you gotta have Goldeneye. Gotta have Goldeneye on there. We got Mario Party. Yep. We got Super Smash Brothers. Uh, you got uh, Super Mario 64, I already said. Banjo and Kazooie. Ooh. Uh, and Mario Kart 64. Okay, I was going to say, Mario Kart was probably the game for me that like got me addicted to video games. Because in all reality, I mean, I was born in 1990, so the, the Super Nintendo, some of those previous games, I never, ha- I never owned one. We owned Sega Genesis. I played that a little bit, but... The uh, su- or, uh, Nintendo 64, in particular Mario Kart, that is the game that like I would just play for days. I had all the ge- like the the courses figured out, like the exact route you need to run to run like your fastest time. I all mean, right. it was great. Uh, one of the mistakes that N64 made, which is interesting, is they decided to keep going with those cartridges, right? Whereas whereas the PlayStation had already switched over years ago, years before the N64 came out, to CDs, to discs. Uh, and the reason they did that was to cut down on load time because the CD... And, and actually, if we're being honest, the bigger reason they did it was because they were able to keep their copyrights uh, better and have people not be burning their games onto discs. So so often decisions are made based on right. that. So there you go. That's my number one console of all time. Definitely some bias, but the N64 was uh, monumental for gameplay. And I would also argue that since then, until the Nintendo Switch, which was a legitimately a good console, handheld console, I think Nintendo's kind of gone downhill and is certainly behind uh, the PlayStation and Xbox nowadays in terms of gaming, but yeah, there we go. That's my top five. Everybody likes that. Where does the Wii fall on your list? Underrated. The Wii was a fun... It was a fun See, I think it belongs in the discussion for this, not because I think it's the best system of all time, but maybe if we were talking like most impactful and important systems of all time, I mean, that... Was was, it though? It was was the first one... They made a bunch of great games. They did. It was fun. I I feel like the way that you kind of were, it was more of a almost not virtual reality, but you're like in the game a little bit more, you know, versus just being on a controller. And it kind of died off. And it kind of died off. It really did. I mean, it it, it didn't catch on. It's what transitioned into the virtual reality idea. Wii right? Sports, still a great time. 
Great See? time. Wii Sports is great. The golf. Oh, I can yeah. bowl without bowling. actually going to the bowling alley. What about, uh, what was the one that when we were kids, it was there for like a minute? Dreamcast. Yeah. Was that what it was called? Dream Dreamcast. Sega. The Sega Dreamcast. The Sega Sweet. Dreamcast. Underrated to uh, the PSP, PlayStation Plus. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's good. The okay. And Why? And maybe I'm just, maybe I need to get with the times. Can I play a PlayStation 5 on my iPad? <laughs> is there a thing that can allow that to happen? You mean like I feel hook like, up your PlayStation 5 and use your iPad as a screen? Oh, or, or, Is that I, what you're saying? I don't know. In some fashion, can I be sitting on my iPad instead of on my TV playing games? Oh, like using your iPad as a controller? Uh, no, I'm thinking more like a, like a remote connection. Can I remotely connect through, you know, like you... I'm, I'm talking <laughs> playing a video game on an iPad. Is that not a thing? Am I the mm. only one that thinks this is a good idea? You might literally be the only one that thinks I am. Yeah, I mean, if you're at home and you have a TV... Okay, here's my problem is I have one nice TV that sometimes my wife doesn't want to watch me playing video games. It's time for a and second so TV. That is why you have to get a second TV. <laughs> I do have you're a second TV. You're not a real gamer I until do. you get a I'm second TV. I'm not a real TV. gamer. Okay. I'm not a real gamer. This All of our listeners problem. out there that are real gamers, they understand the importance of a gaming monitor or a second TV. You would understand. I won't spend the money <laughs> for a new PlayStation or Xbox. What makes you think I'm going to go shop for a TV right. to play it on? It's fair. Quick, quick, quick story. Because I did get the the new Xbox. I know Nick. Nick has the the new Xbox too. The Series X. Okay, so you guys are Xbox guys. You're not PlayStation. Uh, I've been told by everyone the PlayStation Five is the better system. I like both. I like both. I um I actually intend to get both uh, when Jeez, I can, when I can get the PlayStation I know, eventually. God. Uh, I wish I made money like yeah, that. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> hey, it's just about what you want to spend it on. That's <laughs> yes, all. That's true. So, uh, no, I I got the Xbox. It was a little easier to get, but I also uh, I really want to play the new Halo. So, but it was really hard to get. Okay, that's what I'm trying to get at. It was enormously hard to get this Xbox. We were trying for literally weeks on end, like like trying so many things. We went at one point. Uh, me and a couple of my buddies went to Walmart. We drove an hour away at two in the morning. I, I was not there. Yeah, Nick was not there. Uh, to, at 2 in the morning to wait until they opened at, at 7 a.m. Uh, because we anticipated a line. And there was a little bit of a line forming at about 4 or 5 a.m. Uh, so we did have to get out, stand in the freezing cold. We waited for until the, the store opened at 7. We're, we're just exhausted, right? Um, and they, they open up and... Cause, cause it kind of leaked through social media that they might have, they might have some of these systems here. You know what I mean? So there was, a, there was about, I don't know, 15 people or so that were as crazy as we were. They opened the doors and everybody just kind of floods into the Walmart and we all go to different aisles and we're kind of just looking at each other, we're like shopping, walk, walking real yeah, fast, shopping. walking real fast, you know? And we, then we, we hit, all, we normally show up before seven. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then we hit the aisles and we just start running. I have never actually ran in a store like that. Like it, full sprint. Dude, you it, were was, full it sprint. was like that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yes. Uh, the, oh, uh, jingle one. all the way. Jingle yes. all the way. Yes. Also an underrated. Underrated. Movie. Yeah. It was like that. turbo man. And so we're sprinting through the aisles. Like we got to get to the back. We got to get, and we get through the aisle and there was like three or four other groups of people that got there at the same time as us. So clearly they were sprinting too. So, so it's like everybody got to their own aisle and then all just started running and we get all to the back and we're all like Xbox, PlayStation, whatever. Right. And the guy just goes, we don't have any. Oh, <laughs> and, and uh, me and my friends were just like, oh, yeah, you know, that's a bummer. Did you at and least stop at Breakfast King for it, French it, toast afterwards? No, we were just 
bummed. So we, we turned around and leave, but there was certainly a group of people that was very, very angry that were getting at this guy. You sold him to employees? Well, anyways, that is my crazy story where people go at two in the morning and we and, didn't and even get it. And this is where we end up with people in the hospital or dead yeah. on I just Black want to see Friday Connor. because yeah. of the insanity that you all have. It's <laughs> it's okay to wait a few months. It's not going to kill you. You don't have to have it I the would, first day. I would pay any amount of money to see Connor full sprint, 100% effort. That's it. Come to softball. Come to so- <laughs> yeah, I play yeah. softball. Once a week. Yeah. Uh, no, I actually, we ended up getting it. Um, and, and by the way, Jared, you say, why can't you wait a couple months? This was a couple months. Uh, it, and this, to this day, we are like, what, a half a year away? They still cannot be got. You can't go get one at the store right now. Um, it is that type of demand. They do not make enough. They're smart, man. No, no, no. They are strategically releasing them so that they can maximize the amount they charge for them. I don't buy for a second. They didn't make mm, enough of I don't know. Maybe. It's kind of like the shortage of cars right now with uh not enough chips and stuff i mean they, they really are saying that they're not they have a supply shortage of them well so. i think that's more of a drought uh shortage of workers employees type thing but close right. i should have <laughs> i should have known that by allowing a, a video game system discussion that we would end up down this rabbit hole right, right. <laughs> but i'm gonna rain us right. back there in bring it back okay bring it back uh, as we mentioned earlier, NFL training camp begins this week, and as reported by just about every sports reporter you know, Aaron Rodgers will be heading back to the Green Bay Packers with, quote-unquote, concessions in his contract. Sad. Yeah, you know, I I feel like from the start, this was the move for the Packers, is to push this thing out and and see if you could convince him come time. Now, I'm curious to know what these concessions are. I have not actually heard any of the details of what was adjusted with the contract. I've heard different things about it just basically being a one-year deal, essentially, that he has an out after this year. I don't think the uh, obviously it's not, as of right now when we're recording the show it's not official yet right they haven't even come out officially with any sort of agreement um, I don't believe but he showed up at training camp right so so the the word on the street is that uh, I think Adam Schefter is the one that broke this uh, in 2023 they're they're voiding that year of the contract okay you bring up Adam Schefter and. Shefty is the man, okay? He's he's actually Colorado born and bred, I believe born. I know he went to school here. Um, but my man has been pounding the table saying Aaron Rodgers will not go back to Green Bay. <laughs> Were his sources wrong or or was he jumping the guns? I mean, everyone's kind of giving him credit for breaking this, but it's like, dude, you've been saying the opposite story for the last two or three months now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's a... Uh, uh, it, when you're in that position, you're in that world. It's uh, it's got to be tough because you're you're the first person to actually hear so much of these actual leaks and news and stuff. So when you're actually, I, I believe both are true, right? I I actually believe that it was very legitimate that he had no intention of going back to the Packers at that point in time. Right. He had no intention of doing it. So Shefty, I don't think was lying. No, and I know? do want I do want to come out and say this. I think the, if this is me personally being frustrated because Shefty has never been wrong. I don't think I've ever seen something that Adam Schefter put out there that didn't end up happening. I mean, he's always on. So for him to be like pounding the table this whole time, and I kind of kept thinking the whole way, it just you just don't. If you're the Packers, you do whatever you have to get your last dance. Do what you have to do. Uh, I, I think it's interesting the idea of voiding the last two years. That well, just well, I think just it's one just year, twenty twenty three. And so here's what's interesting. Okay, sorry to cut you off. No, but, no, no, please. But what's interesting about that is so 
you know, kind of the word is 2023 will be voided and there will be kind of a a gentleman's agreement that they will look to move him after this year. Gentleman. Yeah, agreement. right. There, there's going to be Between some sort of agreement. the guy that has so uh, much animosity, he was about to retire. Right, right, right. right. So that's what I'm saying. What makes again? Aaron Rodgers feel like, oh, yeah, I'm going to trust them next year? I mean, what if we get to this point next year? They're like, okay. uh, no, no, no. You're staying again. <laughs> I want to throw this out there, and I don't necessarily believe this myself, but I want to throw this out there. Look back to Brett Favre. Okay, when Brett Favre was was in Green Bay towards the end there, there was a lot of speculation around that time that Brett Favre would be kind of dramatic about his retirement just so he didn't have to like show up for the, all the offseason stuff. So you can be like, oh, I'm mulling it over, and then, oh, it's training camp. Cool, I'll show up, and we're there. Right? So a 30-plus, 35-plus-year-old quarterback doesn't need to show up for offseason workouts. Any thoughts that Aaron Rodgers... Uh, learned something from one of his mentors in, in Brett Favre and just said, I don't feel like being around this team this offseason. Y'all are pissing me off. I won't ever come back unless you do something. <laughs> and got what he wanted so that he could just show up at camp. Now he gets concessions. He gets things thrown at him on his contract. So th- this is why we love you, Jared. We got to get our tinfoil caps. We need to get a customized Jared All tinfoil cap that we can all just throw he on He looked our, like he was heads. having a good summer is all I'm saying. He looked like he, he had some fun. He did. He went to where? Hawaii? He went to Hawaii. Like, remember when Vaughn Miller was on uh you was not signing the uh uh franchise tag and so he stayed away from the team all off season and it was the same thing it was like the summer of Vaughn he's out like catching sharks and you know having all sorts of fun I'm just saying I think guys do that to an extent in the league they find ways to get out of the optional workouts <laughs> hey I think I think that's possible I I think definitely with Aaron Rodgers it's I mean just like you said hey Shefty is right the majority of the time and I think there's no reason to believe that he was not absolutely furious with the or the organization as a whole and it's probably really when it comes down to it, it's probably one two guys that he's really angry at you know but uh either way the broncos are not going to be getting them this year so i know sad day sad day uh now that leaves the door open potentially jared for another player deshaun watson who has reported to training camp in houston and the houston has actually now said has leaked that they will be now listening to trade offers. What, what do you make of that? Do you think there's any chance he comes to the Broncos? Would you bring him if you were the Broncos? Here's the thing, okay? And obviously, I don't have to deal with the PR nightmare that right. would ensue. But I think right now you're buying him at, at a low, okay? And I do want to preface it by saying that I have heard rumors, uh, the, what's being reported is that the Texans are still asking for three first-rounders plus, you know, other things as well. So it's not like they're dropping their price by any means, but I also don't think they would have any chance of moving him at that price with all these allegations out there. I think you could get him for maybe a first-rounder or Ooh, something mm, like that. Ooh. And what? I'm yeah, just... I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, why? I, he I he very may never play disagree. football he, again. Here, here's he why. may not play this year. I think you take a risk if you can get him low. He may never play football Here's why. Again. Otherwise, 60, you can't buy him with all this going on. Almost right a 68% completion percentage. Almost a 3-to-1 TD-to-interception ratio for his career. He's yeah, also 25 he does, years old. If he so ends up getting, getting convicted of what he is being alleged <laughs> to do, he may never play football again. You don't think that teams are going to drop their price? They're willing to pay for that guy? I don't think he's getting Aaron Rodgers-type you know, value right can, now. Can I just tell you something? 
he is absolutely going to play football again. Michael Vick played football again. Yes. Uh, there are no, right now, okay, as of right now, there are no criminal that's, charges. There are no criminal charges. That's dogs versus women. I mean, that's hey, but, a... But one of them, a guy committed a felony and went to prison. On this one, there are no criminal charges. This is a civil suit, and there's there's some police complaints that have been issued so far. I mean, as of right now, so there far. Been, you know, uh, if you, uh, I mean, hey, I get it. I think it would go down a little bit, the asking price, but there is no way the Texans are getting rid of him for one first round draft pick. There's no way because it, then if you're 20 teams, you play it uh, out. Dude, you're going to absolutely just, yeah, you're going to play it out. He's like Nick said, he's, he's a, uh, elite quarterback who may not even, he, he might not even be at his potential yet. Okay. So he might not even be there yet. He's still getting better. And he's so under contract for like four years. You go to the Houston Texans. They say they want three first rounders, your next three first rounders. Yes. They want, uh, I mean, throw a couple of pro bowlers. Out yes. there. Maybe it's Sutton. Maybe it's, yes. uh, uh, Bradley Chubb. I mean, where I'm, do I sign? Right, I'm right now, even <laughs> even with it. the allegations out there, that's where I hesitate. Yes. It, without that, I'm 100 percent in. But man, this stuff starts to get traction, and and you know we could be talking missing a good chunk of this season, missing uh, into sounds, next season. Sounds good. Worst case scenario, he gets suspended for like a year, like Ray Rice style. Like worst case scenario, I'm telling you, man. Hey. I, I, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, okay? I'm really not. I'm not saying this is how it should be, but this is how it is. When you are this good of a player, you are a quarterback in the NFL that has this type of talent, you will play again. Oh, you I, will I, play I agree again. with you 100%. If he wants to play again, he will play again. So, I, I always look at Greg Hardy as my example of like, <laughs> he was good with the with the Panthers. He had all that crap happen with he and his fiance or girlfriend or whatever it was, the domestic violence, and then he got a chance in, in Dallas and then he sucked in Dallas and nobody ever gave him a chance it had nothing to do with the domestic violence he wasn't a productive football player anymore that's what it comes down to if you're productive you'll play why did Ray Rice never get signed again because he was like 32 years old or whatever right, he was right, right. he was washed up anyways I absolutely think Deshaun Watson will get a chance to play again it's just man it's a tough scenario because I do think you have to look to an extent beyond football. And if you bring in this guy, if you have these things actually turn out to be true, man, you almost have to cut bait with a guy like that just as a PR move. Where do I find that bait? <laughs> Where do I find it? Let, let me tell you this. This is what I do if I'm the Broncos. I would I'd call up, call up Houston and I'd say, hey, look, we're looking to get him if he's available, right? If you get an offer that you're going to move on, call us and give us the opportunity to, to, uh, to at least beat it because we would be very willing to maybe beat it. And then if I'm the Broncos, I sit on this thing for a year if you can, right? If nobody else comes back and they say, hey, uh, the, you know, the, I don't know, the, the Dolphins are going to give us, you know, three first rounds and X, Y, Z, what do you got for us? And then at that point, you might have to make a move and try and get into a bidding war. But if not... You just sit on it. You go into next season. You see how the whole Aaron Rodgers thing kind of pans out, right? Because you, you might end up getting Aaron Rodgers for a lot cheaper, right? Right. For you know next um, to nothing, really. So I don't. That, if I'm the Broncos, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm keeping in contact with Houston, and I'm telling him, "Hey, we're here. We will beat or match any deal. We want it. We, you know, if you want to get us into a bidding war, we're here. Uh, but otherwise, we're gonna just wait until next season, and we will definitely." talk again right i mean here's the reality of the texans too right they gave up um uh, deandre hopkins for pretty much nothing the laramie tunzel thing total disaster as a way to make up 
for the DeAndre Hopkins disaster, they get Kenny Stills. I mean, it's just one blunder after the other. Hey, you don't know forget I mean? about I Randall Cobb. He is now a very <laughs> desired man in Green Bay. At what point do you are you saying, hey, we have to rebuild, and what that does, we have to get rid of Deshaun Watson, who's also unhappy, right? I think uh, something tells me Dick Montford would be right at home in Houston. <laughs> hey, maybe he does have some connections yeah. there. You never know. Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, when it comes to Deshaun Watson, it, it really, if you can get him at a discount in any way, shape, or form, I, I take that risk. Otherwise, I think you're right, Connor. You be patient. You see what plays out. And you take this into the season. And this is one of the reasons, again, and I, I've said this before on the show, why I think Drew Locke makes more sense as the quarterback for the Broncos this year. Because it allows you to, to see what you truly have at the quarterback position and allows you to figure out which, I mean, let's be honest, regardless of how well Drew Locke plays, they would be still in the market for one of these two quarterbacks next year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about regardless on how he plays, but almost certainly, yes. I yeah, agree. I mean, if he goes and wins the MVP, I'm sure that they would <laughs> yeah, probably Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Him. Obviously, if, if, if Drew Locke goes out there and wins an MVP, I, I don't think they will uh, be in the market. But So we are going to go through a few position battles here for the Broncos as they are entering training camp. But before we get there, we wanted to do a little over-under, you know, kind of looking forward at the Broncos season in, you know, Connor and I are going to go back and forth, and I don't know. We didn't really decide before the show. Do we need to be on one side of the fence or the other? Nick's going to run this segment here. He's going to give us his over-unders that he he built through his uh, uh, meticulous research through different Tedious. sports books. Tedious. No, I, like I think we just go through it and see uh, where we differ on. Okay. Okay. I like that. All right. Without okay. further ado, Nick, I turn to you, my friend. Yeah. So... To start, right, everyone likes to see how everyone starts out. Every team kind of indicates how the rest of the season is going to go. So to start, first eight games, over, under, wins, losses, line is four. Now, before you give me your opinion of over, under, here are the first eight games in order. Broncos at the Giants. Broncos at the Jaguars. Jets in Denver. Ravens in Denver. Broncos at Steelers, Raiders at Broncos, Broncos at Cleveland, and then the last one, Washington in Denver. That's week eight? I believe that's week eight. Yes. Okay. And the over-under is how many wins? Four. I will get us started right here, Jared, and I'm going to take the under. You are going to take the under. That is... Wait, is it four and a half or four? We've got this one right even to see everything else is is half to separate but we would like to see maybe one push maybe no one not but i do believe it's going to be four wins to be honest but i if i had to take an over or under i'm going to go under see I, i'm going to take the over and it, and it's uh, a lot is driven because i want to see drew lock as a starting quarterback i actually don't expect that we will see drew lock as a starting quarterback i think uh vic fangios to me it makes sense for him and a guy trying to probably save his job to go with the guy that's going to win him the most games i think teddy bridgewater as a starting quarterback takes the broncos out to a strong start in the season so i'm going to take them at five and three through eight games Current. i'm going to think the broncos are going to start two and one based on that schedule right there uh i just i i i'm sorry for being pe- pessimistic but i gotta figure the, the broncos are gonna find one way to lose one of those games you know and then that sets it up for the raiders are gonna i i, I do believe the raiders will beat the broncos and then i believe the uh Either the Steelers or the Ravens, possibly both, will beat the Broncos. Cleveland might beat the Broncos. I, I, I have us uh, probably uh, three wins out of that. I, I think uh, two of the first three, and then we'll find one of those other games I just mentioned. Okay. 
Now, I believe it was Pro Football Focus had the Broncos as the sixth easiest schedule for the year, which is pretty unusual for them, I think. Uh, and the way they do the you know matchups based on division is where you finished the year before. Third place team plays the third place team, second place team, second place team, et cetera. So uh, great. So the uh, second... Uh, Nick, sorry, you're writing these all down so we can revisit later and yes. see how stupid Jared is, right? <laughs> yes, we yes. obviously <laughs> have to fo- follow back up okay. on this because, I mean, we're going to make some bold statements. I have a feeling you going under really surprised me. Uh, all I right. Really, I all didn't, right. didn't see enough. that coming. All right, Nick, you keep going. Cool. So to <laughs> piggyback off that, total wins for the entire duration of the season, friendly reminder... Most people know this. There's an extra game this year, 17 total games. Uh, So just to kind of finish off the rest of the schedule, uh, we left it off at Washington, Denver, Broncos Broncos go to Jerry World. They play the Cowboys. Then they go to Jalen Hurts. Excuse me. The Eagles come to Denver, play Denver. Chargers play in Denver. Broncos at the Chiefs. Lions play in Denver. Joe Burrow plays in Denver. Broncos play in Oakland. Broncos then play the Chargers and then season finale play the Chiefs. So total wins out of 17 games, total wins, we have the line See, at and seven I, and a half. I, I hear that. And it Ooh. honestly, it kind of scares me saying, but it sounds easy on paper. Like you said, it's, it's you said six e- easiest schedule. It sounds easy. It scares me a little bit, but I'm going to go the over on that. And again, I, I that drives behind. I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be starting at least a majority of the games for the Broncos this year. Mm. And I think he takes them just over the 500 mark. I think we're going to be like a, a nine and eight Broncos team this year. See, I have the Broncos at eight and nine this year when I've gone through the schedule. I think I think eight and nine is where where we're at. Like I said, I think those first eight games, I, I do think they're winning four games. I'm taking the under on that one, but... uh. On this one, I'm gonna have to take. I'm gonna have to take the over. I'm with you, Jared. I think eight games is, is where the Broncos are gonna sit this year. So I think the I think the actual mainly Vegas odds were anywhere from six and a half to seven and a half. Is, but is there are still a lot of people, and I think this will change now that Aaron Rodgers has shown up. But a lot of people putting money on the Broncos to win the Super Bowl. I've seen that <laughs> at several different sports books uh, have had them as one of the top money getters for that which which is obviously interesting that was goes to tell you going back to what we were talking about with adam Schefter reporting that even the books thought that was a reality that that could happen so i digress yeah great we got a fun one here um mvp super bowl 50 total sacks for our boy the goat von miller eight and a half Ooh, Jared, I'll let you go first on this I, one. I actually had a really hard time with that because there's this part of me that really thinks Vaughn is going to bounce back. But I think Vaughn is still the one that's going to demand the most attention on that defense. And I think Bradley Chubb really has that breakout year. And I think we see Bradley Chubb in double digits. I'm going to go under for Vaughn Miller, I think he ends up more in the six to seven sack range. I think coming off of an injury, you may not see a, a high snap count early on in the season. Yeah, this the, uh, this was another difficult one, just like you said. It is tough. Uh, it's pretty good over under. It's probably right around where he's going to be. I'll take the over. I'll go the over. I'll, uh, I'll put Vaughn for a bounce back here. I had Vaughn having a good season last year before he had that freak injury. Uh, he's looking good. I mean, his, he's looking in shape. By all accounts, he's been working his butt off to, to stay where he is. I think he has a lot to prove this year, and sure. I think he wants to get paid again. Um, 
you know, not there's, not like there's gonna, the real answer. Not like he's going to get paid another fifty million. Or and how like old that, is Vaughn now? Does anyone know that off the top of their head? I believe thirty-two. Checking is that a belief or an objective fact? It's an objective fact in some people's world. Uh, yes, thirty-two <laughs> years old, just turned thirty-two go. in March. Very yeah, good, Nick. Look at you. My birthday. Okay, I need to. I need to have you remember all my family's birthdays. <laughs> okay, so this is a little bit depressing that Von Miller is almost exactly one year older than me. Yeah, I think he's done a little bit more. Only a little his though. Life so far, yeah, a, li- a little bit. You know, Super Bowl uh, MVP. Hey, yeah, I'm I'll, the MVP. I'll take, I'll take the over team. though. I'll take yeah. the over at yeah. eight and a half. Jared will take the under. Uh, Vaughn Hader over there. Jared will take no the Vaughn Hader. I think Vaughn <laughs> is going to be. A, you know, there's going to be an attraction to Vaughn. He's going to get doubled up, and it's going to leave other guys open. All right, cool, fair enough. Got another one back from injury. Cortland Sutton, right? He's back. We got a full squad. Cortland Sutton over under receiving yards on the year, eleven hundred yards. Friendly reminder: seventeen games. I think that averages out to about sixty-seven, sixty-eight yards per game. All right. Go ahead, Jared. I must be a hater because I am also going to go under here. I think the same thing. You know, coming back from injury, they have some solid depth. I don't know that they have great depth at the receiver position. We'll find out with some of those guys that, you know, like uh, KJ Hamler and things like that, if, if they can, you know, produce this year. But they have some depth, depth at receiver. I don't think they rush him back early. I think you see him as the year progresses, move back into that number one receiver slot. But the hopes is that Judy can step in and be that number one receiver for you to start out this year. And, and Locke loves loves Noah Fant, so let's sure. not forget that too. But I, I'm going to take the under as well. Unfortunately, here uh, I, I think he, I think he has a good chance of breaking a thousand. Um, but I think 1100 is going to be just a little bit too much for him. Uh, I probably He's going to end him, at 1067 <laughs> yards. I probably have him in that 900 to thousand range. Right around there. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if he gets 1,000. 1,100 would surprise me. And I disagree with you a little bit, Jared. I think the Broncos have excellent depth at wide receiver. I, th- I think you could make the argument that they're one of the top three, I, four I, deepest wide receivers. I just think it's rooms. more you got to prove it to me. I think TJ Patrick or Tim Patrick was was good. What about TJ Patrick? TJ Patrick. <laughs> Is he? I'm mixing, he game, I'm mixing <laughs> players up now. <laughs> but, but so much depth. But how ha- could you Hamler, <laughs> yeah. Hamler just, I mean, he really was a non-factor for them last year because of injuries and that's kind of been his mo and I, I think until he proves it who else do they even have i mean i couldn't even name another receiver on their roster i mean you you got noah fant as a receiver is okay as a, sure as an excellent option you got um uh what's his name uh the uh drew locks boy alberto alberto there you go oh how do you I say dare his not name? try it i dare not try it is the defensive <laughs> back oh, yeah. i got that no, one i go it's yeah i'm just myself alberto alberto we got alberto we got we got noah fant you got tim patrick uh kj hamler jerry judy um and then actually what's that what's that guy uh cleveland um Oh, uh, God, what's they drafted name? him this yes, year. Correct? Uh-huh. He's, he's been looking good too, maybe. And, and, you know, uh, it's interesting. So I don't know. I think, I think the Broncos do have a pretty deep group of receivers. Um, Tyree Cleveland. Ty, yeah, there Thank you go. Thank you. Thank you, Jared. And, okay. Uh, real quick. We'll I know you have, I know you more? have, I think one more, one more, but I want to throw one in real quick here. Um, which player ends up with more receiving yards this year, Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton? I'm going to go Cortland Sutton. Sutton. I'm going Judy. All right. I'm going to go like Judy that. on that one. Okay. Great. Last one. I'm going to switch this up on you guys last minute. Uh-oh. Ooh. Yes, yes. Ooh. So just from the conversations we had before the show, during the show, total games for Locke originally had it at 10 and a half. 
we're going to lower that eight and a half. Okay, How many I'm, games does I'm glad lie? you did because I think that was, to me, it was, it was an easy bet, easy money there to go ten and a half. But eight and a half is a little bit trickier. I am still going to go under eight and a half games for Drew Locke because, again, I believe Teddy Bridgewater ends up as a starter. Now, I'm saying that before I have even seen what happened in day one of training camp, okay? So let's see what happens. I obviously may change my tune if it comes out and it, you watch and you see that Drew Locke is clearly the better quarterback, but I think that you're going to end up with Vic Fangio going the smart play, which is to put Teddy Bridgewater in there. I think that he ends up playing a majority, if not the entire season. I'm going to go the over. Okay. I'll go the over. I'll just keep it plain and simple. That's where I'm at. I think uh, uh, it might partly be my heart in this a little bit. Uh, I think I've said this before on our show. I think it is much better for the Broncos if uh, Drew Locke wins that job. Uh, not because I think Drew Locke is particularly great at football or, or that I think... I mean, I still think Drew Locke is a starter and they're still going to win eight games, seven games. Um, I don't think he's... I don't, I don't think this is great, but I think it's better for the Broncos if he wins. So I want him to win. Um, so I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over Drew Locke. Uh, I, I bet you both of them will play this season. I definitely would Bar, bet anything. Barring injury, assuming no injury. You think e- even no play. injury, I bet you they both play. So that's a tough one for me. I actually, I actually don't because I, I, I it's, it's hard to pull a quarterback that's given you a winning record based on what you've seen here in Denver the last few years. So I think if Teddy Bridgewater starts and he stays at or above 500 or in that realm, I don't see them moving on from him until, I mean, is it worth bringing him in week 16 and 17? I think you've seen enough of that, Drew Locke. I yeah. think you would need to well, see him. I guess, so I guess part of my, my prediction there – it is hard. Okay, so if if Drew Lock doesn't win, I do think there's a chance. I mean, Drew Lock's time is pretty much done. And done sure, right? You're I, done. I think you're. Um, I think that's a. They may even move him. Like at that, point. they might. They might. But uh, I think if Drew Lock wins the job, there's a really good chance that you know, not the first sign of struggle, but. If they start struggling, they lose a few games in a row, something like that. I could easily see them kind of putting them. Actually, you know what? Setting this up the way that Vic Fangio and his staff have set it up, where this is a, you know, he said 50-50 competition, right? This is a, they are truly in a competition. So I think no matter what decision you end up making, whether it's Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, there's going to be that little bit of doubt in your mind. Did we make the right decision, right? It's going to be in the players' minds. It's going to be in the coaches' minds. And so I think that no matter who wins the job, I do see them, hey, three games in a row, two games, three games in a row lost. We're looking bad. Let's throw do the other one in there. Do you think there's anything to the idea that, you know, Drew Locke, if he loses that starting quarterback job, may lose the confidence, and then you try to turn to him three, four, five weeks into the season, and maybe, you know, that's that's an issue. Is that Do you see any problem with that, that maybe going with Locke so that you – can you know you can right, right, right. trigger I, I actually think Teddy Bridgewater. I, I really think so. I think that's a good point. I think I think it might play into the decision, right? If they're both kind of let's just say they they get to the end of the training camp. Let's say we're in preseason game 3, right? And nobody has separated themselves really. Like it's kind of just like, uh, we could go here, we could go there, whatever. I think they're going to go with Drew Locke because of that reason you just said. You can always turn to Teddy Bridgewater. He is a vet. He's been a backup before. He understands who he is. And I think um, you can have a shorter leash that way. Right. Because if, right. if you pull him out two, three weeks in and you turn to Teddy and you run with Teddy, that's fine. But I think you will inherently give Teddy Bridgewater a little bit more of a leeway because he's a more of an experienced guy and you believe that he may be the one to steady the team. Well, and here's You want to know my nightmare? Here's my nightmare. 
that Teddy Bridgewater wins the job and the Broncos are doing bad again, doing poor. And in the last three games of the season, they decide, hey, whether it be an injury or they just decide, you know what, let's just throw Drew out there. We're, we're losing. We're losing tons of games. And then Drew goes out and does really well for three games at the end of the season. And then you're in the same spot as you were the following year. You don't, you know, that's my nightmare right there. I think you might have a crystal ball right now, my friend, <laughs> because I can absolutely see that in the Broncos' future. And, and you know, this is almost me trying to talk myself out of the thought that they're going to go with Teddy Bridgewater because I, I, I think that sets you up for that disaster that yeah if things go well great but if not then you're yeah you're putting yourself right back in the same position that you have been where you're now allowing drew lock to look good uh you know basically just slinging the ball around not actually leading a team to victory i don't know if there's any way that happens they're gonna find out with lock one way or the other this is it this is now time is now for him so all right all right, before we get on to the other Broncos position battles, I wanted to remind everyone out there that we are, of course, a proud member of the Woos Media Podcast Network. If you want to check out any other Woos Media podcasts, you can find them at woosmedia.com. That's W-O-O-Z-E media.com. They have several shows launching up this fall, uh, mostly college football-based. There's one that Tyler Walgie and I do called Buffs Nation. They have another one, College Football Tailgate. One of my favorite ones kind of covers all around the NCAA football. Uh, that sh- those shows will be getting up here in August. So check them out. Again, that's woosmedia.com. W-O-O-Z-E media.com. All right. The quarterback is not the only position battle for the Broncos. There's several other spots where I'm kind of curious to see if you guys had anything in particular that you're curious to see coming out of camp. I don't want to dive too much into the, the, the details and like the day-to-day. I think that's one of the things that drives me most insane about sports talk radio and, and sports talk podcasts is this time of year they overkill every narrative. And and I don't think it's necessary to do that. But I'm curious if there are a couple of positions or one in particular for either of you guys that you think may be a hot battle on camp and you're interested to see who comes out winning those battles. Connor, you want to go or you want me to go? You can go. Uh, for me, um, I mean, obviously we've had running back issues. I think for me it's who's going to be the starter, Melvin Gordon, uh, Javante Williams. Obviously the Broncos like to do running back by committee. Um Javante just Williams, not when one of them is Philip <laughs> Lindsay. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Javante Williams seems to be the more explosive athlete. I know Melvin Gordon's got some tread on the tires. Uh, for me, Javante Williams is is interesting. Can we get a guy that can you know get three, four, five yards? Um, you know, I know that's probably trendy and, and and maybe not as in depth, but that certainly just matters. So, if you were to predict, who do you have starting the year for them? Melvin Gordon. Yeah, uh, he's I, solid. I so. He's a rock. Uh, Javante Williams, a lot of upside, a lot of intrigue for sure. Yeah, see, I have Melvin Gordon uh, starting the year and then not finishing the year. Yeah, I think by the end of the year, uh, you'll see Javante Williams having more carries and yards than Melvin Gordon, but I agree. Melvin Gordon may even start the whole year, but he's not going to get the majority of carries, I don't think. Yeah, I'm a little bit interested to see the the cornerbacks. That's just, one that I'm just really to see kind of how they all play i mean you know you got kyle fuller on the outside right i mean that's a given right is it i mean is it a given i think so that's the one so on my notes here that's why i put i said kyle fuller is locked as your number one and after that it's a little bit up in the air see so i think i think you got 
Ronald Darby and Kyle Fuller starting on the outside and I disagree. to start the year. To start the year. See, I think Patrick Sertan, day one, number two corner. I, I I think you make that draft pick because you thought he was the best player in the draft. Just put him out there. I think you he's him out there. I think yeah. he's your starting slot corner. I do. I think so. And I think Bryce. Now, and I don't know enough about Patrick Sertan to say is he a better corner from within the slot? Because Darby is better as I understand, as a slot corner, then outside. So that's where, in part, it makes sense. But that's not to say anything. I mean, Chris Harris was always the number one or number two corner for the Broncos, but he would move into the slot whenever that you know whenever that came up. So, but, the, but then you got so so. Let's just assume that those three somehow are going to play, right? Kyle, so you Kyle have Fuller, those guys I, by and large ahead of Bryce Callahan. Uh, I, th- I just I think Bryce he's Callahan the odd man he's out. just he's just always hurt and that's that's the issue right great player a lot of talent great slot player yeah Bro- Broncos took a chance and you know unfortunately he hasn't been super healthy but uh, and, you know that's why you rolled the dice and so. I think unfortunately too uh, Michael Ojemudier uh, is. You know, we, we saw some things we liked last year, although Vic Fangio did not seem too impressed. I mean, I don't know if that's just his uh his old man mentality, you know, like his just, yeah, he's just get know, off my it, lawn. Get guy. off my lawn, earn your minutes type of guy, right? But uh uh he didn't seem like he got on his good side last year. I mean he, even when there was injuries, he sometimes kept Ojamudier out of the game and brought other guys in. Yeah, so. and, and look, obviously it's good for young players to get on the field and and get better that way. I think that's the best way to get better, but I don't think it's the worst thing for him to to you know, sit on the bench, learn from some great cornerbacks throughout the season in that room. I mean, a lot of those guys, their contracts are up after this year, so he will still have his chance to be the number three, even the number two corner of the future for this team. So I, I don't think that's the worst thing to have. Excessive depth, obviously. It's a, it's a great thing to have that kind of depth, but I, I disagree with you, Connor, in the way you kind of tier those guys. You kind of had Kyle Fuller and then Sertan and Darby and then Callahan. I think in my mind, you got Kyle Fuller, you got Sertan, and then you well, have see, Callahan so and, for, and Darby as me, the guys fighting for that nickel corner spot. But see, for me, it was less about like a like a power ranking of cornerbacks, okay. right? It was more just that Darby is better suited to be an outside guy, whereas I he think is. Patrick okay. Sertan has some of that ability to cover on the inside. Uh, much more like I think Callahan and, and him are both honestly better suited right now to be slot. And also, because um, I mean, hey, P- Pat Sertan is is good really really i just don't i'll put it this way i don't know if he has the you know breakneck speed to necessarily cover some of these x receivers you know um well we'll see though hey that's why it's fascinating i, I think the cornerback position is going to be really interesting um well and interesting in the exact opposite way of the quarterback position is like you have so much talent there right, how do you right. get it all on the field how do you put the guys and in I, the best position i think we play? might we could see a trade I think we could see uh, who was that who was that safety that got traded from the Broncos a couple years back to the Chargers I believe for like a eighth round pick or sixth round pick. it might not have been the Chargers uh, oh oh it was uh, oh, God, what was his name he was number thirty Bruton David Bruton I don't think Is it was you're thinking Bruton's of? not who no? I'm thinking okay. of but regardless I think we could actually possibly see Ojemudie get moved um especially if hey you're looking a few weeks in everything's going well your your corners are good um. And, and healthy, more importantly, you might look to trade a Michael. Well, and, and one other thing too is, you know, it's it's kind of just openly assumed. Well, you got Kyle Fuller on a one year rental. I mean, who's to say the Broncos don't try to negotiate with him to get him signed up on a long term deal? Now, does it happen? Probably not. I think he'd be smart to hit the open market again with the, with the cap going back up. You know, predictably next year that he could probably get a bigger deal than what he was getting offered this year. But who's to say that they don't bring back those kind of guys to where you're still in this position with Ojemudia? 
Gauthier, if you can get value back from him, I think they drafted him in the third round. I mean, I, I don't know. Do you, you Can you get any kind of value like a third rounder back for him, you think? Or is, are we talking about No, you're probably pick? talking like a fourth, fifth, fourth, fifth rounder type guy. And, and, and I'm just saying, hey, if he's not going to play, sure. kind of our Rockies philosophy, right? Or maybe I mean, a guy but, like Bryce Callahan that can get traded if he can be healthy through right. the preseason, through early in the season, look good. Maybe he's a guy that you can kind of get out from under this year as well. The real battle is can Bryce Callahan stay healthy? At the end of the day, <laughs> Bryce, that, Ca- Bryce Callahan's a battle with the He's in a battle with himself. <laughs> yeah. No, and he true. is losing. <laughs> yeah. no, Although I'm, I think he was healthy for the majority of last season. He did. It just is always something, right? Yeah, right. It, just... No, he he was hurt for the majority of last season. Well, see, he? I thought last year he actually bounced back and, and played most of the year. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't I don't think so. I would be care. I mean, it's... Oh, wow. My headphones just crackling at me. Uh, I don't know if it's... Uh, I, okay, I'll just say this much. He certainly missed a good chunk of games last year. He, yeah, very solid. Yeah, chunk he's of missed games. more games than he's played for the Broncos. That's that's uh, certainly true. Now, uh, one other position I just wanted to bring up real quick, uh, just on the offensive line. There's a couple of other battles. Yeah, there's that, a couple of spots in the line. So uh, for center, you got Lloyd Cushenberry, who obviously started last year, and then Quinn My- Quinn Miners. That's his name, I, I believe, right? Quinn Miners. That's yeah, how you say it? absolutely. That uh, is correct. Yeah, he's he's the guy that uh, we drafted out of oh god somewhere where, where oh was uh, it? wisconsin uh, whitewater there you go wisconsin, had to write whitewater. that one down <laughs> and, and for, for all the listeners out there if you have not seen the video of this guy like chopping wood in the forest for working out it is tremendous i would highly recommend go go look up connor's got a little crush uh, <laughs> uh, well i don't know about crush but uh, uh i do want to see you know i like him crushing trees Does do that you count? think that he has a legitimate shot of winning that starting job this year i do yeah, I do. I do. I, I don't think the Broncos, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, all reports are that he turned some heads at the uh, the senior senior bowl. Senior bowl, yep. Uh, at, at, you know, in practice and stuff like that, just kind of crushing people, laying them out. Um, and he's, you know, he's a big, strong guy. He, he uh, I, apparently, too, was the Broncos really were turning heads early off in these offseason workouts and stuff, too. They were like, hey, this guy's for real. Uh, I think there's a chance. Lloyd Cushenberry did not impress me. Last no, he year played every all. snap last year, but he was definitely the weak link for the Broncos up front. Yeah. So. Now, the, the thing that concerns me about the idea of a guy like Miners coming in and starting day one is, is coming from a, I don't even know, Wisconsin Whitewater. Is that a D2 school? I, I'm not even sure what level competition he's coming from that's a huge jump to then be playing against i mean envision a a guy like aaron donald standing across from you and i mean it's a lot to take on as a center your snaps you know i think think a lot of times they're making line calls as well so it's a lot to take on i think that's just a lot to ask from for a guy that is probably going to have a little bit of a rough transition and you typically see that anyways with linemen i think lloyd cushionberry is an example of that especially centers i think lloyd cushionberry will have a year under his belt i think you're going to see a better player. I think Dalton Reiser made the kind of that jump from year one to year two as well. So I do think it's going to be Cushionberry with the start, but it would not shock me if Miners comes out and is just blowing guys away, blasting guys like we've seen at the senior bowl in these workouts, like Connor mentioned, I would not be shocked. And I, I would think that would be the right move to go with a guy like that. Wisconsin yeah. Whitewater D three. Ooh, D3. That's a big jump, man. I mean, that's, let's be honest, D3 is not that much higher than like 5A, 6A high school football. So I'm just, it's, yeah, that's true. But uh, then again, um, 
you know, if you're good enough, it, even if you're playing at a smaller sure. school, like, hey. Absolutely. But, and then again, hey, let's just be fair here. Aaron Donald is a lot to handle for, for any setter in the entire league. I, I would pick the best. He uh, trains with knives. So. Yeah, yeah, he's a scary, scary man. Uh, and then the, 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 the very last one, just to bring up real quick, is is right tackle. Obviously, the Broncos were looking for Jawan James to be that guy. And it's like the date that never shows up. We, the Broncos fans have just been waiting for Jawan James to relatable. do something. And, uh, yeah, relatable. Totally. And you keep convincing uh, yourself. Oh, no, no. I'm just, I, I, I must be, I miss, I miss the time. <laughs> I miss their dog all. was yeah. sick. They're coming next Friday. Yeah, they're next coming week, next Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> with, with Jawan James now, obviously out of the picture, which uh, we've talked about, maybe one of the worst free agent signings the Broncos have ever had. Um, I believe the favorites now are uh, Bobby Massey and Cameron Fleming. Are the, are the two favorites right oh, now for that job. boy, if that just doesn't get you <laughs> jumping for joy. I there, know, right? Two guys that uh, were released earlier in the offseason, mind you. Now, um, both guys have experience. I, I think they were good moves by the Broncos to bring both of them in because I think between the two of them, you, you find somebody that can be a passable right tackle that's not going to get your quarterback killed. Yeah, That's yeah, about what you're hoping for. Right, right. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, it not going to jump off the, the sheet exciting. And then again, we're talking about offensive line here, so I'm not sure if... Uh, but I do want to say, I think aside from the right tackle position, I think the Broncos are going to be very strong on the offensive line this year. That's assuming Garrett Bowles continues to build off of the strong season he put together last season. And I think Dalton Reisner is becoming a star on this offensive line. And, and uh, well, Graham Glasgow... He had a little bit of an off season. It was last year's first year, I think, with the Broncos. A little, yep. little bit off, off mm-hmm. year for him. But I, 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 he struggled with some injuries as well. I think there's a lot of guys on that offensive line that did struggle with injuries. But even so, the Broncos had a top half offensive line last year. I think they might have even been a top ten offensive line last year, depending on on what uh, you know ranking you're looking at for it. So I think the Broncos do have a strong offensive line. If you end up with that one link, weak link at right tackle, as long as you get a guy that's a solid veteran player, I look at a guy like Ryan Harris on that uh, Super Bowl 50 offensive. I think he actually played left tackle for him. But you know, he's a guy that, let, let's be honest, he was no Pro Bowl caliber player, but he could fill a hole. He knew the offense. He understood it. He could come in and play. I think that's what you're getting with those two guys. Yeah, like a, like a Lance Stevenson. Don't do, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Uh, Uh, Do either of these guys have injury histories? That's what I guess we need to know. (laughs) Do either of these guys have a history of deciding not to play for COVID? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, that's what I'm looking for. For, for the Broncos. Yeah, so. the only other one I'll throw out, and it's it's more of like a disappointment that I don't think there is any competition, is inside linebacker. And I've been pounding the table for two or three years saying the Broncos need to get with the game and, and move forward with more of these hybrid linebackers that are more coverage guys. Their starting linebackers are projected to be Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell, neither of which are strong in coverage. Josie Jewell particularly does not have the speed to keep up with the athletes that they're guarding at as tight ends, receivers, running backs out of the backfield. So the only guy I kind of throw into that group that the Broncos drafted this year, now he is injured right now. I'm not sure exactly the extent of the injury, uh, but is not starting out in camp playing or practicing. That is Baron Browning. The Broncos took out of Ohio State right. this year. Any chance he makes it? I mean, I just like wishful thinking that he's a better athlete, maybe a guy that can bring another element to this defense because I think that's the one weak link in my mind of this Broncos defense is inside linebacker. Yeah, no, I, it, it, it's an interesting uh 
you know, it's interesting to bring up. I don't know if he, I don't know if he really fits into the plans this year like that. Um, I think we are going to see Josie Jewell and, and Alexander Johnson. Now, I like Alexander Johnson, man. He's a, he's kind of a bit of a fan favorite. You know, he's got the whole Velociraptor yeah, thing going absolutely. on. Uh, I like him. I, I think, you know, I agree with what you're saying that it's... I think you put Alexander Johnson next to a good coverage linebacker, you have a great tandem. I think he fits that, but you have two guys that are the same player, and so it leaves you with a weakness then in coverage from the linebacker position. Yeah, I, I think... I get what you're saying, but I also think the inside linebacker is a bit of an easier position to kind of find off the trash heap, so to sure. speak. Um so I don't know. I'm not so concerned with it necessarily. I mean, case but, uh, in point, both of their starters were found off the trash heap, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> right. Well, right. And and hey man, I'm telling you, I like Alexander Johnson. We'll see what he can do this year. Uh you know, hopefully uh, what we hope for, what the Broncos can hope for from that position is that it's not just like a glaring weakness, right? A glaring hole. Um and then you, you know, you, you something that's persistent or consistently kind of come up with the Broncos over the last four seasons or so has been uh, an inability to cover uh, large, fast tight ends. Now, I know that that's a you difficulty. You say a few years. I'm talking like I've been watching the Broncos Lifetime. for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's I can never remember them being able to guard a tight end. Danny Trevathan could guard a tight end. Danny Trevathan, yeah, he could guard a tight end. So I, I, I'm going to be curious to see how they handle tight ends and see if if there's someone that can... Uh, yeah, and, and obviously we talk about the NFL is moving towards more and more defensive backs, so safeties moving up into the box. I think the Broncos have a few good ones. Uh, speaking of a few good safeties, the Broncos just signed one of my boys out of CU, Tedrick Thompson, former safety yes. there. He was there with the Buffs uh, for a few years. I think he's been out of the league, in the league now, probably four or five years. So he's bounced around. He's been with Seattle. He's been with Kansas City. Uh, so I'm excited that they're bringing him in. He's a guy that has... A rangy guy kind of uh free safety type but he, he probably won't make the team but that's okay i'm excited that they signed him but i i, I think that you're going to see guys like justin simmons i was where i was going the guys like justin simmons guys like kareem jackson playing in the box the physicality there i think you're going to see that element come there for coverage from the safety and linebacker position so to speak yeah. that's kind of the the way you have to do it when you don't have the coverage linebackers to play and uh, just real quick, I'll just add, I did look up Bryce, Bryce Callahan uh, missed six games and he was injured during a seventh game. So, you know, seven games, you could say that he, he started and played for, uh, what, what is that, math? God, math. Uh, 11, 10 games? No, nine games. Nine games. So he started nine games, got injured in one, and then six games was out for. So... You know, you were right. That's he, a lot hey, I just for Bryce to, Callahan. That's I wanted, a lot, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to come out there and that's, say, that's hey. That's going to be a career high there. <laughs> His career high was actually 13. Uh, the the year that the Broncos signed with the Texans. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, he made 13 out of the 16 games in 2018. Of course, that's so. typically the way it works. Well, there we go. So. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us here today. Be sure to check us out next week. You can always find us on Twitter at Red Rock Sports One. For Connor and Nick, I'm Jared. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>